Hello and welcome back to the LDS study session with Come Follow Me. Uh, I'm your host Matthew Roberts and we're going to continue with our Come Follow Me study for this week, focusing on February the 10th to February the 16th, 2nd Nephi chapters 6 to 10, Oh how great the plan of our God. And we're going to move on now through into 2nd Nephi chapter 9, covering verses 1 to 26 in the personal scripture study section of the manual, which which is entitled, Through His Atonement, Jesus Christ Delivers All People from Physical and Spiritual Death. Now, I have to say, I am most excited uh, to be looking at this chapter. Um, Second Nephi chapter 9, in my view, is, is one of the most doctrinally de- like sound and rich and uplifting chapters we have in the Book of Mormon. And so we are going to be spending quite a few days on this. Um, it is, is interesting because... Um, when we talk about the atonement, uh, there is a little bit in our dialect or our, well, not dialect, but our language, which I think needs to be addressed. Uh, and President Nelson addressed it very recently. He talked about how we shouldn't call the atonement or, or refer to the atonement as just the atonement, how the atonement cleanses us, but it's the atonement of Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ that cleanses us through the atonement which he performed. Uh, so I do apologize if I do refer to it as the atonement at some point in the, over these next few episodes because I know I shouldn't, but it's very easy to slip into. So I'll keep an eye on that. So we begin in 2 Nephi chapter 9, verse 1, um, which says, And now, my beloved brethren, I have read these things that you might know concerning the covenants of the Lord that he has covenanted with all the house of Israel. So he begins by saying, this is why I just read to you Isaiah. Now, this is interesting because, you know, why has he just read this section of Isaiah? Why has he talked about redeeming and comforting and strengthening people through the covenants they have made? Well, I feel this is because, you know, they they are very much linked. Um, the, the gathering of Israel is similar in a way to the resurrection. Uh, D. Ogden Kelly and Andrew C. Skinner pointed this out in their book, in their book of Com- Mormon commentary book. They said, quote, verses one to three constitute a doctrinal bridge to verse four and the verses following. Jacob moved from talking about the scattering and gathering of Israel to a discussion of physical death and then to resurrection because they are parallel. Death is the scattering of elements and resurrection is the gathering or restoration of those elements. To Jacob and other Book of Mormon prophets, the doctrines of the gospel or plan of salvation are all interconnected. One seamless web. Close quote. I love that insight. That's why we have these random or seemingly random chapters of Isaiah and then a discussion about the, the, the atonement of Jesus Christ and resurrection. They are all actually linked. They're not random at all. And I love that insight there. In 2 Nephi chapter 9, verse 3, um, I just, again, I, when I was reading this, this line just stood out and it just made me think, oh, that's amazing. Uh, Behold, my beloved brethren, I speak unto you these things that you may rejoice and lift up your heads forever because of the blessings which the Lord God shall bestow upon your children. I mean, lift up your heads forever. What a wonderful line. What a, what a, you know, that image of us being able to lift our heads up in joy forever because of the atonement of our Savior. Uh, it's just, you know, I had to point that out. That was wonderful. Uh, and you'll see me doing this throughout this chapter because I just love Second Nephi 9. There's just so much in there to be happy and, and have peace about. And verse 7 is really where it kicks off. So we've got... Um, it says, well, I'll just read it first of all. It says, wherefore, it must needs be an infinite atonement. Save it should be an infinite atonement, this corruption could not put on incorruption. Wherefore, the first judgment which came upon man must needs have remained to an endless duration. And if so, this flesh must have laid down to rot and to crumble to its mother earth, to rise no more. 
Now, there's a number of things here that we need to pick up on. Firstly, the use of the word infinite. Now, uh, recently in a Come Follow Me lesson, uh, me and my family talked about the word infinite. We t well, I, we asked the children, first of all, what's the biggest number you can think of? And uh, our daughter, who is five years old, said something like 3,000 or something cute like that. Our son, who is seven years old, uh, took that a bit further and just said, oh, oh a billion, oh no, uh, a million. And then our daughter went, a billion. And then, and then our son, because we've had, you know, kind of these discussions before, said, oh, all the numbers plus one half, which is his way of saying infinity plus one half. Um, but we reminded them that there is one number which is numberless, which does not end. And then our son picked up on that and said, oh, infinity, infinite. Uh, and so, yeah, we said, oh, yeah, so that's great. We then talked about um, these uh, grains of rice. So we got this cup and said, how many grains of rice do you think uh, will be in this cup when we fill it? And, uh, you know, there's a, some claims of 100 or, you know, uh, 50 or something like that. And it wasn't a massive cup. It was just a very small, it was, it was a small cup, a small cup. And it filled up. Uh, and then we said, right, well, let's pick out 10 grains of rice, which is obviously nothing compared to the cup. And we said, right, so do we think that there's more than 10 of these 10 in this cup? They said, yeah, there's way more than 10. So, you know, that's a lot. You know, we're talking nearly a thousand grains of rice in this cup. And then we talked about salt. Got a little salt container and said, right, let's count these grains of salt, which of course were tiny and were very difficult to count. And then we said, right, so now let's imagine a whole beach full of sand, which is similar to salt in, in, the, in, the, in the grains. How many grains of sand do you think there was on the beach that we went to go clean on, on, on our son's birthday? Uh, and they were just like, whoa, whoa, too many, whoa, too many to count. And so I said, and we said, this is what the atonement is like. It covers everything for us. No matter what we do wrong, the atonement of our savior, Jesus Christ will cover an infinite amount of things. And this is what I want to talk about the, the, this term infinite. We sometimes relate it to how far the atonement spreads to how it covers every single child of God, how it may even go into different universes in some cases. If you, if you read some, uh, um, if you read, um, Tad R. Callister's The Infinite Atonement book, a wonderful book I highly recommend. But actually, The Infinite Atonement isn't just about how far it reaches, but it's also about how deep within us it reaches. It cleanses every part of our soul if we allow it to. Uh, and it's just such a wonderful blessing to have. Shane M. Bowen uh, said in a general conference, quote, the atonement of Jesus Christ is available to each of us. His atonement is infinite. It applies to everyone, even you, it can clean, reclaim, and sanctify even you. That is what infinite means. Total, complete, all, forever. President Boyd K. Packer has taught there is no habit, no addiction, no rebellion, no transgression, no apostasy, no crime exempted from the promise of complete forgiveness. That is the promise of the atonement of Christ. Close quote. Just a wonderful um, concept and doctrine i love the doctrine of the atonement and actually in verse 8 we read oh the wisdom of god his mercy and grace jacob um just kind of seems to just exclaim just how wonderful this is at this moment and you can see this by the fact he uses an exclamation mark or what my children like to call it a shouty stick um it's a it's a wonderful thing and you don't see it often in scripture but you see it a number of times throughout this chapter where jacob just seems to just exclaim just his joy and his 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 happiness at the things that he's teaching in doctrine and covenants 93 verses 33 to 34 we learn of why uh, this is such an important principle 
Uh, it says, for man is spirit, the elements are eternal, and spirit and elements are inseparably connected, receive a fullness of joy. And when separated, man cannot receive a fullness of joy. This atonement is vital for us to be able to receive this fullness of joy forever, uh, which is a great promise uh, that the Lord has given us. In 2 Nephi chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Oh, how great the goodness of our God, who prepareth a way for our escape from the grasp of this awful monster, yea, that monster, death and hell, which I call the death of the body, and also the death of the spirit. Um, again, this atonement defeats the monsters of death and hell. Death and hell are called monsters just because of how horrendous, how horrible, how overwhelming they seem. Uh, and Jacob talks about how the atonement overcomes this. Uh, and then in verse 13, which is where we're going to end today uh, and begin tomorrow, it talks about the plan. Oh, how great the plan of our God. Again, another shouty stick. Um, I think, again, that this plan that Jacob talks about is such an important thing to note. Uh, the word plan is used 66 times in the Book of Mormon and, of course, refers to the plan of happiness, the plan of salvation, the plan of our God, and so on. Um, the word plan is only used three times in the Old Testament, and it isn't even used once in the in the New, New Testament. Sorry, three times in the Old Testament, three times in the New Testament. And uh, it again just identifies just how much we need uh, the Book of Mormon to identify the plain and precious things. Of course, we need the Bible also, for without that, we would not have had these books of Isaiah, and we don't have the book. We wouldn't have the books of Isaiah to illuminate just how much this applies to our lives today. Um, but this plan is an important part of our understanding. Gary J. Coleman said uh, in, a, in, a, in a general conference talk, quote, because our Heavenly Father loves us, he has prepared a plan for us as we live here in mortality. Before joining this church, I remember my first experiences associated with this wonderful plan as I began to learn of the restored gospel. I became acquainted with Latter-day Scripture that teaches the importance of our pre-mortal training in the spirit world and indicates that we received many lessons there to prepare us for our time here on earth. I have learned from the scriptures and the living prophets that this life is the time to prepare ourselves to meet God and one day enjoy eternal life with him. The prophet Jacob exclaimed while referring to this eternal plan, Oh, how great the plan of our God. I know that God lives and wants us uh, and wants to help us return to live with him. Close quote. Um, and I just want, well, I'll end it there. There's nothing much more I can add to that. The plan is fantastic. Uh, and we'll continue to learn more of it uh, tomorrow. Uh, thank you very much for listening with us today. I hope you've learned something from it. Please share at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter any feedback, views, or any of what you've been studying. I would love to hear it uh, and add some to future podcasts or email equally session at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. And until we meet again.